Welcome to 9308 The Podcast. Thank everybody for continuing to tune in. We're having so much fun doing this. We're about 15 episodes in now and just having a blast. The listens are going up. I believe the quality is going up. So everybody, please continue to tune in. Uh, Share this if you can. Tell your friends about it. Post it. Repost it. You know, whatever you can do. Um, If you're on SoundCloud, be sure to follow us. If you're on iTunes, subscribe. I still have no idea how Stitcher works, but follow, subscribe, add as a friend, however that shit works. Just go ahead and give it a try. Um, today, uh, cool episode, we have Pauline Condi on. Pauline is an actress and a model, um, just awesome person, great friend. She was in my film December. She played the female lead, Emmanuel, for those who saw the film. And um, she's got a lot of good insights on film, television, all that good stuff. So we're going to have her on today. We're talking about the show Stranger Things. Stranger Things took me a little bit longer to finish than most things. I do tend to take my time watching television shows. It takes me, you know, it took me almost a month to watch Stranger Things, but uh, really excited to get into it. You know, she has some some cool thoughts on it, some cool ideas. We had a fun time doing the podcast, and this originally was going to be a an episode with two guests. We we're going to go two parts. We we're going to have Pauline and then Mike Woolley talking about Frank Ocean's new album, Blonde. And because um, Mike and I went a little over an hour, Pauline and I went close to 40 minutes, we decided to split that up. So today we just have Pauline talking Stranger Things. And we're going to dive really deep into it. Um, really cool show. Um, I know everybody's watching it. It's become kind of a cultural phenomenon. So just something I felt like we needed to kind of talk about. And with that, you know, like I said, please continue to tune in. The episode of Mike Woolley will be dropping on Friday. That's this coming Friday. So, um, you know, if you haven't listened to that Frank Ocean album, go ahead and go ahead and listen to it. And Mike and I are going to kind of dive into it and give our thoughts. So... With that, we will go straight into it and we'll talk Stranger Things with Pauline. Let's hit it. So, uh, first, to this episode's 93 at the podcast, we have Pauline Condi. Pauline, what's up? Nothing. <laughs> Thanks for being You're the first female guest, so thank you for being on. Am I really? You are. Um. So, Pauline, you're a, you're an actress, a singer. Uh, you kind of do a little bit. You're a writer, director, right? A little bit of everything. I do everything, yeah. Painter. So, you're also the, the third. Uh, oh, yeah, you are a painter. I have your art sitting right here on the, uh, the 93 desk. Duh, it's beautiful. It is great. It's a rose, which I like, so... Um, you are the third December castmate, fourth, fourth person in December to not be on it. I know you're late, <laughs> like, like really late. I'm last. But uh, welcome, and we are here today to talk about Stranger Things, which I believe you really enjoyed. Uh, who doesn't? Anyone who doesn't like it, that's okay. You can go stand over there. That's the, yeah. So <laughs> let, let's talk about Stranger Things because I've been wanting to talk about it. I finished it finally. It took me like a month to finish it. Why? I watched I watched things really slowly. Oh okay. So. I'm a binger. I I try to be, but it's just, I'm busy. So tell me, what were your initial thoughts? I know you liked it, but like dive deep into it for you know what? Just give me a little shallow thought first. A shallow thought? Um, I love the nostalgia that it has. Even though I wasn't thriving in the '80s, you just immediately with the font and the music, you're just taken to like another place. And I don't think it was 
overly done to where it was cheesy um, and all the acting was excellent for kids that are younger than me to have all those emotions that most of us can't even really bring out it, I, it was amazing to me where does netflix find these kids like they, they were just hiding somewhere like i don't a- know actually they're all in really big features the kid that plays mike is going to be in stephen king's it is he's he? filming it right now so oh, i'm excited th- for that also he, he was great i love the girl who played 11 she was just amazing everybody loves her it's I mean, like when you think of stranger things you're just like 11 like 11. she was just so good like every like she you felt her like fear and her her ignorance if you will of the regular world yeah it was, she barely spoke and she was still the one that you were like captivated by it was ridiculous it is i didn't um i didn't love mike though because i felt like he yelled all the time like it's all mike did <laughs> was just what's wrong scream. with you why would you do that What's the matter with you? And then I didn't like the... I liked Toothless a lot. That kid was His ridiculous. His name was Dustin? His name was Toothless. That kid was great. He was hysterical. He, he was amazing. He like got shit done because it was... Uh, what was the other kid's name? Because um, they, they were always arguing. Lucas. They were two. Lucas. Lucas was like the pessimist. I was mad because the whole time he was just like, nope, fuck 11. But he was her. kind of like in a way of the realist because like you don't know what he, to expect and your, fr- your best friend's missing... Are we gonna spoil it? Like, can I say yeah, yeah, all the for things sure. that have happened? We, okay. Yeah, I do spoiler alerts in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, like, he cared just as much as everybody else, but it, it was, seemed like it was her fault to I, them. I was cool with him being skeptical about her, but the fact that he was so against her was what, like, I didn't. But he ended up being kind of the realist at the end because he just did his shit solo dolo. And he, yeah, like, he threw and like, if the he fucking had, shit on his head and dipped out with yeah, Rambo. Yeah, and if he had not done that. He, yeah, because he had the binoculars and he was like, warning, okay, I'm sorry, everybody. Like, they're kids, you know, they they go through all these things. They don't understand everything completely. And it's like, you're just concerned about your best friend. And then you see that he's like, it looks like he's dead, but, and you think it's her fault. It's, it gets worse, of course. But, um... That's a good, see, I, I, I didn't get that perspective of him, but that makes a little more sense now. I guess like, his skepticism was... Yeah. Good for the story. I think people react to situations like that, like realistically, in different ways. There's people who are just pissed off and angry, and that was kind of like his side. And then I love Dustin because everything he said was just hilarious. He's like, What do you got? He's like, Well, I've got like this food and this food. And he just like has a backpack full of food while they're about to like go hunt down some shit. Yeah, we have to be fueled. Yeah. And I was, the first thing I said was, Is it just me or is that kill? He doesn't have teeth. (laughs) And I think that's awesome. He doesn't have teeth. He has like this actual condition and he's still killing it and like getting awesome roles that, yeah that's it's helping him possibly plus he can sing amazing and he was in Wait, les mis yeah was he's he? like an amazing singer i didn't see that oh my gosh i didn't see that but i googled everybody like afterwards i was like blah, blah, blah. he's an amazing singer so I, I i know before the podcast you said you thought that i would say this is overrated i didn't <laughs> like it i really loved it i really really enjoyed it um there's a couple negative things I have, but I'll kind of save those. But I felt the same thing. Like it, it really felt as if you were in the '80s. It didn't feel like something that was trying to replicate an '80s movie. It felt like it was something that was shot in the '80s. Yeah. And what I like is that it's it's one story. It's an eight-hour movie. It's not a television show. And that's one thing I do appreciate about Netflix is that most of their series are long story, like one story. It's there's not there weren't a bunch of bullshit subplots. It was all one plot, and I really liked that. So it felt like a, just a long ass '80s movie, and that was cool. From like the score, like you said the font, the even the cinematography was like the shots that you get were very just old school feeling. And it's a really it was a coming of age story to an extent. Like it yeah, throwback just like all those throwback '80s movies that are coming of age, and it was just cool because it's just these kids and like. A lot of people don't want to watch a movie where it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of kids. But these kids had, like, so much going on that you wanted to know what was going to happen. So, like, 
every moment they had like an, an issue almost to where like a lot of um a lot of television networks were hesitant to pick it up because they said nobody watches kids shit or nobody watches like yeah. adult stuff it's either going to go to mtv or abc family because that was the only place you're going to get play and netflix is kind of at this point it's like the wild west of television and film where they'll just throw <laughs> their money at anything so they Worth had it. the opportunity to the, to be free that the one of the showrunners the one of the duffer brothers said that they if they wanted to do 13 episodes they could have but they just stuck with eight to tell the story, which I thought was really dope. Yeah, it was perfect because the story was meant to be like within a week, so you don't want to like drag it out. Everything was happening; it was well timed. And yeah, I heard a lot of people didn't want to pick it up because they were like, you either have to go all the way to the kids side, like make it a kids show, or you have to go all the way to like the dark side, you know? Exactly. And, uh, make it like full horror, but I don't know. I think the balance was cool. It was funny. It was dark. There was just like. Everything was in it, and usually I can tell if I'm going to like a show from, like, just the first little section of the first episode. I'm like, if it's a show that I would binge, then I'm like, okay, I love this show, and let's watch the next five episodes, like, back-to-back. The first one I was kind of whatever about until the very end when Eleven's just in the rain, and they see it, they run into her, and I was like, fuck, now i got to start the next one. Like, this is real. Um, I think what they did a really good job of was the... You had three different levels of the story. You had the adults... You had the teenagers and the kids, and they did a great job of, one, telling each story pretty equally and going as deep as they needed to into it. And they also, they each had their resolution, and it didn't feel like you're watching too much of the adults and the upside-down world. It didn't feel like you were watching too much of, you know, the three teenagers fighting the monster. It all felt even, and I love that. Yeah, it was like, in the beginning, I was... I was getting angry because I was like, what is going on? Like, everything was so separate. I was like, when are they going to run into each other? When is it going to connect? Explain this to me. Like, what is this child doing? Where's the other child? And then it, it all kind of, like, resolves and wraps around. Except for Barb. Poor Barb. They kind of they just did like... Barb dirty. Yeah, Barb's a... Uh, you know, she's missing, but her mom's not looking for it. Now, <laughs> I read this article saying that all of that was happening, but they didn't give it screen time. Yeah, Barb, which is... Like, code for, like, we'd forgot about it pretty much, <laughs> right? Like, Bar- Barb got done dirty. She was is- such a good friend. It was ridiculous. But um, I read something saying in the second season she's going to get kind of, like, some justice. or Yeah, it's like, what if, you know, they, they find Will and he's got this snake down his throat. And, like, Barb's just, like, right next to him with the snake down her throat, too. But they're like, fuck it, we got Will. Let's get out of here. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's that's kind of what it felt like, though, how they treated Barb. Because everybody was so hyped at the end, they just forgot about her. I know. I mean, Nancy cared. She was, like, the only one who cared. I'm like, do people not notice that she's straight up been missing forever? It it was weird. Like, where do you think she went? Oh, we found her car, so, you know, she probably just just ran away. away. And it's not even like her at all. But I think they, they... like I said in the article, they did have all that. They just wanted to focus on Will's story for this season. Was Nancy and Mike did not seem like siblings. There was like one scene where they were together, and I I do feel like that was one weak part. Is like they could have played their relationship up than being siblings up a lot more, and it felt like they were just two completely different characters who every now and then shared the same scene with that mom. Like I didn't get the vibe that they were related and that their stories were really connected at all. Besides the fact that they each knew somebody who was affected by it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because of where they are in their lives, you know. Because sometimes you're real close with your siblings. Sometimes you're like going through puberty, or they're doing this, and you're like, oh, she's over there with what that I boy. Like, I think it was that as much as they lived in the same house. So I feel like the, something could have in, intertwined a little bit. That's it felt like a completely separate story. That was one of one of my very few negative things to say. Oh, well, I don't know. I didn't really notice it. It didn't bother me that much. I feel like that kid was running pretty wild, though. He was doing his own thing. I was like, his parents are just Well, chilling. that was a fucking like, loser. They're just, like, rushing. And Dude, his mom, his, mom his dad. Was- oh, my God, his dad. He's like, 
just sitting there, like doesn't care about anything. He's like, oh, it'll it'll be all right. Oh, wait, the police are here. Like, and his his mom just kind of was like, I'm here if you want to talk. I'm here if you want to talk. Like, she, I'm here. I'm here. <sighs> uh, I also didn't love Winona Ryder. Strangely enough, I didn't. I, I got a little tired of her thing. At her like her mom thing. After a while, it was the, like okay, the Winona. Franticness of it all. Like it, I understood. I understood it. And I really appreciated it in the beginning, and I know that it takes place over a week. But, like, her tone of voice never changed. I feel like there was not one time at all where she had a calm tone of voice, and that bothered me. I think that, for me, was something I noticed, because it was just... Because you're used to Renona Ryder and Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, like, the Heathers. You know, she's just chilling. She's like, hey, what's up? So she just still has that Renona Ryder tone to her voice, but she's screaming. Yeah, and it so was... like, I need to find my son! Like, it's like that, and... She did it very well. It just got like towards the end. You think she'd? I feel like the character would maybe under like be more okay with the situation and more about like the mission and finishing it and a little more serious as the that that tone the entire eight episodes, all eight hours of it. Yeah, I think I don't know. That was just probably where she wanted her character to go. It was just for me at first off putting because I was so used to like the chill, like you know, classic Winona that everyone's kind of had her in their mind as the iconic like eighties cool girl right. but so seeing her as like a mom being that frantic it was like a whole different thing so it was kind of like i didn't know how to take it at first but i'm like okay well she can actually yeah there you go but she does still always have that like winona voice even when she's yelling right like you can hear her like so distinct tone. real quick kind of off topic question put you on the spot a little bit oh my god so as noah this question on the podcast is how do you as an actress in your position like how do you feel about getting into character do you believe in the method acting when you get into character do you try to become that person how do you feel about it what would be your approach i have i kind of have different approaches for everything i feel like a lot of the stuff that i acted in was theater but a lot of the film stuff is stuff that um me and my friends create so it's kind of like loosey-goosey but if someone gave me a script and it was really important to me i'm not against method acting it's just not something that I don't think I would do because I wouldn't want my whole life to be affected. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's. I think it's something that's kind of overblown. I don't think it's something you actually do. I don't think it's a very healthy practice trying to become a character. I yeah. In Hollywood, it's definitely like taken to another level where it's like that's all they're ever in. So they they seem like divas because they're like, oh, don't mess with me. I'm in this character for the rest of the day. Like, I think it's bullshit though. Completely. Like, I, I appreciate people could turn it on and off. I think that's like the the proper way to go about it. From my experiences. Um, I mean, you obviously killed it in December. Um, just shout out. My favorite scene was the uh, the morning after the very first scene we shot. Oh, my God. Where Derek pulls your shirt for no reason. Oh, my God. Was, was my favorite. But um, that's, that's an interesting take, though. So that's not something that you approached I mean, that way. Because granted, that, that character, that a lot of your personality showed in it, which is really cool. But if you were trying to tackle something like this, something very emotional, how would... Yeah, if it was something that maybe I didn't personally go through or relate to then I'm like okay I've got to like well for me when I'm acting I like to take like still pieces of myself because everyone has like a wide range of emotions and things that they have gone through or could possibly go through so you take like that little sliver and you magnify it for that character but um I understand the method acting when it comes to like tough characters like the emotions stuff like you kind of have to separate yourself a little bit I'll like read scripts and they'll make me cry and they'll kind of put me in this certain mood so i could understand that but uh, i don't know i kind of just i kind of read it over and over again and i'm like which way can i do it and i'll read it multiple ways just to see like what comes out naturally and then what seems the best i like to not overread the script 
because then I feel like on film it'll fall flat if I overdo it. So you if think I'm that, too familiar with it. So you think like Winona was pretty much like, I'm going to play her as if she just really frantic this whole time. Like, this, this is a woman who her life is her children and she literally can't control herself. That was more of that. Because I, I felt it was just like, I almost felt it was a little bit lazy. That's like, let me just pick this one way and I'm going to treat it like this the entire time. When the story is really evolving around her, I felt like she never changed. Like, she didn't ever grasp the situation and it maybe had to do with the fact that everybody was against her i mean i love the scene with she what's the what's the brother's name i'm so bad with character names jonathan jonathan yes yeah, like when they were yelling in the street that was my favorite scene of the whole series was when they were going at each other that shit was like that was heavy i've i feel like i could understand why her character stayed that way though because it you can kind of see from her life her ex like that she had some struggles that she's going through and now everyone's looking at her like oh she like her son just disappeared like she's not right. doing what she's supposed to be doing kind of thing so, so maybe she, she was always a, like a little bit crazy in this in a sense almost like yeah like maybe their life maybe, wasn't the best people have always called her crazy yeah I, I think she was the weakest actress the weakest link though crazy enough i think that the kids and, and the teenagers and i the cop the sheriff oh who's just great love hopper um i think what's cool about the show is that you start off like i hate this sheriff like He's smoking and drinking, like, doesn't give a fuck. Like, her kid is missing, and he just doesn't care. He's like, oh, well, he's probably just blah, blah, blah. But then he turns around, and you're like, I love this guy. Like, you know, you know his story about his daughter, and then you're like, he's the best cop. Like, he figures shit out, and he gets stuff done. He just has his own way. He's like... Right. You find out that he's drinking and smoking and coping with what he lost so i love the scene where he calls his, his ex and has that conversation with oh, her. like that was heavy. heartbreaking and then that he was, was like oh i'm, I'm i am drunk you yeah know? And it, that was heavy Ugh. um i a couple quick things on it and we'll kind of kind of move into maybe what we didn't like or what i didn't like um I loved it all. are you um were you team well you said the brother's name was will right the one that got lost no the brother oh, yeah i can't jonathan. brother my uh, jesus will, jonathan. I, i'm so bad with character names are you team jonathan or team steve Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, at first I was like, oh, man, Steve's like that jock that's trying to get in your pants and, like, run away. But he's into Nancy, like, and he came back for her. I'm team Up Steve. against something that you've ever... I'm team Steve. I'm glad you said that, because, like, he, it's, like... <laughs> he's one of those, like, the sheriff. Like, you think he's one thing, he turns around, he's another thing. He came back, he saw this crazy monster and was like, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm going to come back and, like, be a little... Hip- a hero. So, do you think it was a bigger win for Jonathan to whoop Steve's ass after Steve kind of tried him, or was it a bigger loss for him to not really do shit against the monster? What was what was like better? Like, which one was bigger for his character? Wait, what do you mean? Not. Well, I mean, like, I think that Steve kind of came out on top. Like Jonathan, whose brother got taken by this, kind of looked like a little bitch at the end of it when <laughs> Steve is out here whooping like this monster's ass with a baseball bat with nails. That Jonathan pretty much made for him. Like he he had a big win and he ended up with the girl at the end. And like Jonathan's only big win was like he whooped Steve's ass like out of anger. Um I feel like Jonathan got No, I don't think that well. I don't think that was a win. I, I hate seeing that kind of violence, but I think there was rage in him from what everything that was happening and I think he just couldn't stop himself. But I was like, No, like don't do this, like, you know. I I hate that kind of violence. It's like I liked Steve's character a lot though, because I thought he was he was hated on a little much. Like he was he was just a regular guy. Like he got that jock vibe. Now here's one thing I loved about the show is that it takes these ideas of the jock, the good girl, the nerd, and where in the '80s those were very 
I guess they weren't really touched upon before that, right? The 80s movies like The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller and all that stuff kind of developed and really put those characters to life. But in a very like one-dimensional way at the time in the 80s, yeah. that was what everybody knew. So when you get into films in the 90s, 2000s, stuff like we grew up with, that it's more anything that we've ever seen is trying to be coming of age or high school. The characters are pretty much just mock-ups of what people saw in the 80s. What this show did was I think it took those ideas of characters but made them two-dimensional. You get the guy like Steve who looks like he's the jock and he's just trying to get in her pants, which of course he's trying to fuck. Like, that's what he's doing. He's, <laughs> he's a teenage guy. But at the same time, he's also, like, into this girl and not in, like, kind of the, the corny, like, underlying way. He's actually into her and it's very evident. And she's a good girl who's not afraid. Like, she told her mom, I fucked him, whatever. Like, we slept together. It's cool. <laughs> like, she's not ashamed of the fact she had sex with the guy that she liked. And those were really interesting takes on those type of characters. Uh... Jonathan, he was a little bit creepy. And you, you had to get that creepy. So, yeah, him. when he took the photos, I understand that they were creeped out. Like, that's really creepy because they're doing things or whatever. But when he broke the camera, I was like, oh, man, Steve. So, I would go back and forth. I'd be like, Steve, that's that's messed up. I hate you. And then I'd be like, oh, Steve, you're so <laughs> awesome. Um, I think for a lot of the show, Nancy was probably the character that I was like, not really paying attention to because really? yeah it's like she was like the good girl but i don't like the way she handled like i don't like the way she treated barb i don't know she just there's something about her character where i was I, just I don't like think she did anything wrong to barb because i think she was just like trying to have a good time and she like made the decision like she hey. like begs her to go though and like her friend didn't want to go and i don't know that's one yeah i mean I, I could see that perspective but i think she was like hey i'm she wanted her to go because she didn't want to go alone but then she got comfortable there, and she was like, hey, I don't need you here. It's good. Like, I am I can handle myself. You handle yourself. And then, like, Barb was kind of a little bitch about it. Barb was like, oh, I can't leave without you. Like, I was not, I, I wasn't, even though Barb got done during She was like, looking out for her, you know. That's, like, stuff that happens in real life where you're like, don't let me, don't let me leave right. no matter what. You know, like, we'll go together. And then the girl will change her mind or something. But it's, like, I think it's just more upsetting because of what happened when she was, like, go home you know right. she was still waiting for her like i think she was still waiting just to make sure she'd be okay so she sat by the pool and then it was like oh my god no like why i mean she cut her finger and she was embarrassed and it was kind of like everyone was just like oh, okay staring at her like bleeding i was like uh yeah, those other let's t- care more the other two kids who were there oh, part I of the hate, party, oh I hate they were the ones that were very stereotypical that just stayed like that like even jonathan like you you get in those old like the creep or like the unmisunderstood guy who's actually really normal like jonathan was still kind of weird like at the end of it he was still kind of like had some like underlying weird shit going on yeah he's he's got some other things yeah, but you could definitely i think it t- touched on a lot like his his past maybe but um overall like, the only yeah thing his I, dad issues probably you know lot. i mean the only thing i didn't like about the show was like i felt myself more trying to watch it because i felt like i had to finish it because everybody in, in the world is watching it right now mm. and there were certain episodes where i was like i'm so into this and other episodes where i was like where's this going so that was the only thing and i think that was more of sometimes I don't know the story. I, I was probably most interested in like the, the teenage story, because I thought that the the adult story was done very well. It was very simple. You have a woman who's lost her child, and you have a guy who's lost a kid before, you know, working shit out. And I didn't I didn't love his beating people up. Like I could have done without him beating people up to find answers. Like it was cool, but tough cop kind of thing, you know. That's a that was the and and the kids were a lot of fun. I love the kids. Like I mean, they're 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 pretty interesting for themselves. They're great actors. It was dope. Yeah, it's like the, uh, the Goonies. What are you hoping for in, in season two, which is essentially just another eight-hour sequel, hopefully? I mean, at the at the end, he threw up a worm, so we need to know what's going on there. And I need to know, has Hopper made 
contact with Eleven or is he just hoping that she's out there? You know, because yeah. it doesn't, that leaves it unanswered. Like, he feels guilty because he sold her out. So is he just like, let me leave these every night and see, like, or has he actually, does he know where she actually is? What I would love is if we go at jump maybe two to three years ahead and the kids. Oh, they're jumping a year ahead because everyone's going to go through puberty. I would love that. And I would love to see the kids not be friends anymore. Maybe like Toothless and um, Lucas. and Yeah, he has yeah, teeth he's now. got teeth and he has a deeper voice. Big plot twist. Um, but we get him, we get Mike and Lucas. And maybe they're not friends anymore. Maybe Eleven shows back up and like. They've drifted apart as they get older, but they have to come back together. And, like, now they've all changed and kind of started their own shit, but they got to get back to their little, like, hoodlum activities. <laughs> like, I would love to That's see that. That's so dramatic. It's like, all right, guys, let's get the gang back together. Like, I would, that would be dope. And then maybe, like, they're old enough now to fuck with uh, his sister and Jonathan and see what, see what Steve's up to. Oh, my gosh. I love Steve. Maybe season two should just be, like, you know, Stranger Things, Where's Barb? <laughs> I just I know they're gonna deal with like where Eleven went for sure and yeah she's it's weird that there's only one monster and but there was like an egg yeah those those little snakes had to be something like I I got the vibe that maybe those are oh that was disgusting when they were like pulling it out of his throat and it was like way deep down oh, in yeah, there was... I was like I I can't watch this this is so it was weird gross um, but overall because I really enjoyed it that's probably I mean overall on a one season that that's probably my second favorite Netflix season what's your favorite uh my favorite season of anything was uh ah, it's actually you know it, it'd be tied because house of cards <laughs> season one was amazing and orange is the new black season four was phenomenal but this is right up there with those two why what's that look nothing no that was an eye roll nothing that, that, so <laughs> like, next subject for orange is the new black that was the eye that was what the eye roll was for but that's not what we're here for so um another podcast yeah i started watching stranger things with, I had no idea what it was, and everyone was, like, mentioning it, and I just wasn't even... Because I'm, I'm not up to speed on a lot of the hype. I'll usually wait. But everyone was, like, mentioning it, and then Kyle was like, oh, we should watch it because, you know, everyone at work is saying it's really good. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm getting into, but that's kind of exciting. I'm the kind of person that's like, oh, what movie is it? Let me Google it, and let me see, like, the kind of the plot line Same, or whatever. Yeah. Let me see the reviews on this thing. I'll never just throw something on for the hell of it. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, let, let's get in here. And I was like, oh, my God. This music, this the, font, the, the, the chapters. I lo- I was immediately like, yes. The, the score got me quickly. Like the score was, I was like, okay, this shit's like, this is real. Every time the, the title sequence comes up, you're like, oh my god, yes. And then everything's like in chapters, and it just looks like a book that you read from back in the day or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I really enjoyed it, I th- and I think it's good because I don't think there's been any like coming of age story like since the '80s, really. Like anything really that dealt with like kids or teenagers because you had i think super eight was one something i really tried and that didn't whether it was good or not it wasn't a big like this is more of a phenomenon than super eight was i didn't see super eight but i know it was a, a similar vein of kids and some kind of extraterrestrial type shit did you see it no i didn't see it either. okay <laughs> but like there's a reason for that like it, it wasn't a hit like that and and this is huge like everybody's talking about it. everybody's watching it yeah and like, i'm excited for the next one can you think of anything that was even remotely similar to this no not at all. Like, as, as, as 90s kids, as you and I are, there's, everything has always been, like, a throwback, like the classics. So I, that's what I'm really excited about. You know, I think this has been really cool for me to see as, like, a teenager, though. Like, a young kid, it would have been really cool to experience this in that vein. It's it's really, I don't know, I just, I just love it. Because I love nostalgia, even if it's not from a decade that I'm from. The feeling of, yeah, something that's yeah, different Yeah, just, like, now. this could be something that I remembered, even though I wasn't, like grown in the 80s i wasn't even alive in the 80s at all what am i saying but it, i could just feel it like and it doesn't do it in a way where it's like 
you know, there's shows that are like, uh, it's all costume, and it's like, okay, well, this is set, and blah, blah, blah. You, like, noticed it, but it didn't bother you. It wasn't, like, too much, like, 80s, 80s. You know, it was just, like, subtle, and it seemed like something that was still very real. Right. Well, with that, I think that's, we've kind of hit that pretty hard. So you're excited. for What would you rank it, 1 out of 10? Um, I don't know. I don't ever rank things, because I think nothing can ever be a 10. So, like... Nothing. 9. <laughs> 9. I'll give it a, a solid 8. I'll give it, I'll give it a 9. I don't know. I just... Sometimes, if I really like something, there might be certain things that my mind will be like, oh, I missed that just because I like it so much. But for me, overall, it, it was really good. And I read some troll on the internet was like, oh, those kids, they were terrible. They were like laughing in the dramatic scenes, looking at the camera. I was like, fuck out of here. Where? Like, what are you talking about? Who do you know that age that can do all that? You know, like, they were crazy. It's phenomenal. Like, yeah, they were I mean, laughing. What they were doing was, like I said, it's, it's tough to get one young actor like in something that's really good and to get they a got a whole strong crew they like got that like four or five if you include everybody will wasn't in it enough but what was what was kind of heavy for me was the very end where it's like christmas dinner and will has to like make this decision like he just throws up this worm and like he comes back and he's like they just like went through all this to find me i can't break their hearts on christmas and he has to play right. it off like a g like hey i'm i'm good and like that was heavy for me i know i was like is Will, I was like, is Will about to drop down right now? Like, I can't go through this. They just found him. <laughs> What's going on? But you know there's going to be something because there's Has to be. a sequel. Um, um, oh, I read this I read this article, this fan theory recently saying that um, the monster is actually Eleven. So it's like, have you read that? Have you heard no, that? No, I have not. That's interesting. Yeah, they were saying that it's like a manifestation of her childhood trauma, which kind of... Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because she recognized who Will was yeah. without ever having seen him. That's really weird. Yeah, that's... Yeah, because she can't go to the Upside Down without the sensory deprivation tank. So it's like, how did you recognize Barb and Will and you've never seen them before? Yeah, that's... Well, I mean, ideally, those are the only people in that world, which is one thought, but that's an interesting theory, though. Like, those are the only people that he's... To we, that we know that he's taken and we... I know, I but how, how did she that. know? That's true, you know? And, you, and you had the idea that he was on, that the monster could only go in a certain... And um, that the monster showed up not in the Upside Down the first time. It was in that black space of her mind. Yeah, that's weird. That's okay. why it's super... And, I mean, the true villain is the Department of Energy. Right, right, You right. know, like Matthew's character. And it's like, yeah, you're afraid of the monster because he's doing all this stuff, but the monster, he's hungry. and. Yeah. You know, if he was a person and he's hungry, he's going to go get a steak or whatever. But he likes to, to eat people. But it's like, <laughs> where has he gotten people from? Like, how does he know that he yeah. likes to eat people? That's and true. has he be, has he been in the Upside Down or was he created? See, now I'm mad I have to wait for like a whole year for season <laughs> two that you just started this. Because now my mind's... I was like, I was okay with the end of the story. Now I'm, now I'm like really wondering. That's yeah, interesting. It's, it's, it, there's so much stuff to think about. It's like, what is the Upside Down? How did that get there? And right. like, how come this LSD baby can... <laughs> Go back and forth. Was She's, that something you read, or was that something no, you just coined? Remember the the mom was like, there was there was a time when they did experiments and they gave him LSD and all this okay. stuff, and her baby died. But really, so, that she's supposed to be the baby of them. She's an LSD baby. I like that. She's an LSD baby. So that's dope. Now I'm really excited for season two. I really want to see where they go with this because I'm hooked on it. I, I like love that nostalgia feeling too. I feel like we're gonna see season two and everyone's gonna look so different. Like they're gonna like puberty is gonna hit them so hard. We're gonna be like, who are also, these kids? Because you know they're they're cute too. Like that's another thing. You're like, 
Look how Mike wants to take her to the snowball dance. He's so cute, and then he's gonna show up and look like totally different or something. <laughs> like, yeah, like have his own fucked up problems now. Oh my god! So. But yeah, I, I love Eleven. I love that she is that young and was like, yeah, shave my head for the role. I'm down. Right. So I guess some Stranger Things we can call it there because um, we have a little bit another segment to get into. We do. We do. We talked about this. I, I kind of threw it in last minute. I don't so, recall this <laughs> on your episode. So on December when we were shooting in December, oh. we we hit karaoke quite a bit. Because I'm a karaoke connoisseur, as are you. And, I mean, a lot I'm of... Asian. You were really trying to, like, keep up with me a lot, and I oh, that was cool. Oh, okay, right, so, right. But um, what I want to do today on, on our segment of The Drop is uh, we're going to talk about our three favorite karaoke songs. I know one of yours is not Gold Digger. Oh, well, I guess I can't have it if you want it, so no, you can have that one. No, it's, it's not mine. We just, we, we've, we're now, we've tried two duets, and they haven't gone too hot. And it's never my fault. It's usually yours, because it's, especially Gold Digger. Well, no, because you were doing the entire song by yourself, so there's that. I think we um, like, so, <laughs> what are your three? No, we're, so we're going to so we're gonna go from three to one. This is how this works. I know you're like on this podcast, but you never listen to it. So. Just you're, calling me out, I'm, like, nonstop. And you're a rookie podcaster. So, yeah. let's, uh, all right, I'm going to hit you with my number three. Oh. i got to make it number two, though. Okay. Okay, okay my number three is um, John Legend's Save Room. Because that's one of the only songs I can like, actually sing well. Because I have no good voice, but I can kind of kill it. Oh, one. sing it into the mic real quick. I can't do it. No, I gotta have the music <laughs> and a crowd. You know, I, I, I you actually know this that I need a crowd or I can't sing. Yeah, which is strange because most people are like, I can't karaoke if there's people. So you're like is the that, complete is it, opposite. Wait, is it karaoke if there are not people? Yeah, it's karaoke if there's instrumental and words and you got to do the voice. It doesn't matter if there's people. I karaoke on my app pretty much every day in the car. No shame. I guess that I karaoke in the car, but there's no app involved. I just kill it. So it's probably not karaoke. It's probably something. So, so what's your number three? Um, I didn't put them in order from, from like 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 YOLO. to whatever. But uh, I'll say I want to dance with somebody because that's like a feel good jam. But you know, nobody can hit those notes like Whitney. So I just like to jump around and dance to it. But if I've been drinking, my voice will just crack in the middle. It's like oh, I did. and then it's like breath gone. But it's still really like fun that. to sing. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a uh... It's a lot of work at the end, you know, you gotta like, you can't really breathe, you gotta just keep singing, so. So, um. I feel proud when I finish this song. <laughs> number, uh, my number two <laughs> is Roses by Outcast. Not surprising, I've seen you perform it like what? I think I do it every time. Every, everywhere I go, I sing that song. I was actually mad, so mood. you wanted some bullshit, was after the premiere, um, after the December premiere, we all, we went to Rain Dogs karaoke, and like Alex, he sang, um, Return of the Mac, classic. Mm-hmm. I came after him. I did Miss Jackson, killed it. And then some, there. <laughs> some motherfucker decided to sing Roses at like my venue. Like I, I fucking I, invented Roses. I can't. I can't. I invented it at Rain you Dogs. You invented Roses. At Rain Dogs, I did. And this motherfucker wanted to sing it. I was so pissed. I was like, I was like, dude, this, I was going to do this later. Like this guy. And he did an okay job. I can't hate on him, but. You can't hate on anybody. Anyone that's out there doing it, you know, fuck it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was um, cool, but he could have sang something else. Yeah, but I'm, you don't I'm own that song, though. So uh, next time I see you, Adam, definitely going to put it on. Rain Dogs has too long of a wait. We yeah, were there, no. and we were like, let's get, let's go back. This so is, it's like four hours, this yeah. This ridiculous. No. no, The Loft on Tuesdays is the word, where it's at. Yeah. That's your favorite, right? Yeah, I just went recently, and every time my song comes up, it's like at the end of the night, and I'm like, I've changed my mind. <laughs> I don't want to sing. I've already had a few drinks. And I do it anyway, and I can't hear myself, and I'm hoping and praying that no one's recording it. So yeah, the weight kind of gets you. It's like I'm, I'm here 
to sing. I'm not, I'm not necessarily here. I'm here to like sing and hear my people sing. <laughs> and if somebody kills it in between, that's cool. But I hate waiting like 10, 15 people. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be hater, but I'm like, come on! I put my song in 20 hours ago. Who's your, where, what's your number two song? Number two. Number two! Um, I like to do anything from Rent, so probably Out Tonight or Light My Candle if I have a you duet do, partner. You do very good with the Out Tonight. Yeah. Also, another song that's really hard to sing when you're drunk. But I, th- I think Light My Candle would be a good one for it. We have like one more try to do it. Uh, that's actually the only Rent song You I better like. learn the lyrics, because if you mess it up for me, I, I will never forgive you. I, all right, I'll, I'll work on it. Um, that's number two. Though. Wait, that was like a tie. All right, that's okay. We'll accept that. It's from the same um, musical. It's freaking okay. It's the same character. My number one is Nice and Slow by Usher. <clears throat> and that's because I get to, um, when he raps his name at the end, I always replace it and I spell my name out. And that's always fun. Oh my gosh. Because nobody's is, ready for is it. Is that what you wait for? And it's pretty cool because on the on the screen it always says instrumental and it doesn't have the words and I kill it anyway. Oh my god. That song's... That song just makes me think of Usher like grinding. Like I feel like he's just dancing like real slow. Usher's a very good dancer. Yeah, he's alright. He's, he's a very good dancer. He's no Chris. Okay. Yeah. Well, they they're different. So. <laughs> uh, number one, what's your your go to? Uh, Fiona Apple, Sleep to Dream slash Habit. It just depends on what's available and who's already saying it. You're just turning top three into a top five. Well, see, most of the songs that I like are not available at all venues. So. It's true. But yeah, Fiona Apple's amazing, but also depressing. So not everybody wants to be in that mood. And I'm like, do I want to do this? I want to sing it for the song value, but it's going to bring everybody down. But I, was, I do it anyway. So you did it one time sitting down and that shit was cool. Yeah, I was like, this is, this is my cafe. I'm going to sing on this stool. It's dope. I love that song. Well, we got a karaoke against time. It's been it's been a while. It's been a long time. So, uh, anything you want to plug before we call it? We've done, done about thirty five minutes here. <laughs> anything I want to plug? Uh, my phone needs to be charged. So. We can plug that in. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't uh, know what else to say. Everybody, uh, stay safe. Have a nice. And check check out Stranger Things if you haven't, because everybody's hyped about it. Everybody's watching it. Yeah, and who cares if it's overhyped or whatever? Check it out for yourself. You know, take okay. the time or binge. And then keep an eye. You can see Pauline kill it in December, and you can see her in the December trailer at decemberthefilm.com. Yep. That's you. Anything else? That's it. That's you, me. Done? Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, getting on your first podcast here. You're welcome. Ninety three oh eight, the podcast.